Now I definitely can die in the hurricane. <laughs> it's done. He's he's lived his life. It doesn't get better than this. I this is my infinite jest. I've peaked. WTF anime, the show that drill will pierce the heavens. I think that's the right one. Anyway, I'm Joe. Joining me as ever is Travis. Hey, Joe, what's up, man? Not a lot. I'm just, you know, hanging out. It's just me and you. I've drunk a few beers in the probably 45 minutes that we were prefacing this episode with. Yeah, except it's not just us. In fact, for a first time ever on WTF anime, we have two guests. Gasp. How will future Joe deal with this editing? I don't know. It's not my problem. <sighs> yeah, I know. So, uh, both returning to the show, we have Aaron. Hello. I'm back, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's a range of emotions between, like, glad to have you back and just cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, that's very fair. British. It's very British of you, Joe. And also, the returning... Uh, I guess we're going to have to, at this point, he's going to have to have the guest belt. Because you're stealing things from other podcasts? Fucking hell. No, really, because you promised Jake a belt, but, you know, Alan's got the record right now, man. No, we're going to go Lucha Underground and he has the medallion of the anime gods. Um, Alan Sells. There you go. (laughs) Man, that was a long intro. Hey, everybody. Hey, Way to bring that thunder, Woo! Alan. Yeah. Bring that energy. They'll get that at the end of the episode. All right. Yeah, we have to work <laughs> up to it. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so, uh, so kitties, what are we watching? Something's going to get pierced. Not sure it's the heavens, though. Joe, what did you force, what did you force <laughs> Travis to watch? This is, this is a family show. Uh, I mean, buy me dinner first, bud. <laughs> so, this week, uh, at Travis's request, we watched Kill La Kill. Episode three. Oh god damn it with the Travis's request. <laughs> it's such a petard. Ah, oh. look anyway, I'll let it, it go. We, I'll let it go. We could watch Gurren Lagan. And had phallic imagery instead. Hmm. Yeah. There's only one half naked girl in Kill the Kill. Fair. <laughs> Rather than Gurren Lagan. Anyways, Fuck that up are, already. Are we, eh, are, are we are we are we kicking this off? Well, this is a mess. I know Alan has been almost bursting to talk about a thing. So, Kill the Kill is brought to us by Studio Trigger, which is a lot of the remnants of Gainax, which we have reviewed shows from them before, such as Evangelion and uh, Fulikuli. Uh, there is actually a lot of references to other things that Gainax have produced in Kill the Kill, and indeed in a lot of their other works. Very true. Uh, um, right but then. Studio Trigger also did something very interesting in Western animation. Um, they are actually known to have done some like opening sequences for different things. But one of the ones that stuck out to me the most is Studio Trigger was actually, I believe, and I'm double checking this, animation, <laughs> let me, animation production assistance on an episode of Steven Universe. Oh, in shit. fact, it is really? my favorite episode of Steven Universe called Mindful Education, which features the song, um, oh, it features the song Here Comes a Thought. So it's the episode where, like, Stevani and Garnet kind of sit down in the butterflies. That's Studio Trigger. Hmm. That's really cool. Well, there you go, kids. A, li- a little education dropped on you for Some Mr. mindful education, even. <laughs> Now that I know it's anime, maybe I'll actually watch Steven Universe. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> dude, 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 watch Steven Universe. Watch Steven Universe. Get through the first 15 episodes, but watch Steven Universe. That's a big ass. They're 15 minutes long. <laughs> okay, 
they're 15 minutes long and they're full of like the first 15 episodes are full of body horror which kind of hooked me into Mm -hmm. it and then after that this story started oh never mind i I, i'm in i i love me some hellraiser so (laughs) i like body (laughs) horror awesome i highly recommend it so the title of this episode of kill a kill is junketsu yep which apparently means purity purity that's that's yeah which comes up immediately as the show opens up Actually, we we get this explained to us because we've got a little girl staring up at this beautiful uh, dress that she said she wanted to be her wedding dress someday. Or was it her father that said her father? Yeah, her her father's like, this is going to be your wedding dress when you are a bride. And she's like, oh, it's lovely. And I'm just sitting there watching it like a Sailor Fuku wedding dress is a really weird choice for a wedding dress. But like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it's a school uniform. Yeah. Yeah. But that's your wedding dress. Listen. When I get married, fucking sailor uniform. Oh, that's that's what I'm gonna demand. But don't forget the eyeballs that are on the collar. <laughs> it's what very I, important. W- what I love most about this, uh, it's a flashback, and Killer Kill does like flashbacks pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, it's all in this rad like sepia tone, and we have Satsuki uh, giving the narration. But when her father speaks the music like stops there's this kind of like dissonant silence and just like the text appearing on the screen um and it's super interesting especially because spoilers for the rest of the show we never see satsuki's father Mm -hmm. apart from this flashback it's very interesting Mm -hmm. and then we jump into the opening credits and them opening credits though yeah it's <laughs> full of it's another one of those ops that it's like you know they throw in a lot of references to things that are going to happen and a lot of like visual metaphors that really like summarize the show in a really neat and clean way i think one of my favorite parts watching it again um they use kind of the um the metaphor or like the um red f- uh thread of mm-hmm. fate a lot which i kind of picked up on this time around for those who don't real uh know the red thread of fate is kind of like a chinese but it kind of adapted into like other uh eastern asian uh beliefs that like two people who are destined to be together are tied together by a red thread of fate and so like i i i kind of learned that recently especially watching like your name and things like that uh i had that in the back of my head watching kill a kill and i was like oh that's that's that and like also just like all the other like crazy clothing visuals that they have going on yeah unfortunately my first experience the red thread of fate kind of folk thing was incredibly bastardized and uh we're never going to talk about that <laughs> anime oh <sighs> no what if a fan suggests if they can it? find this exact anime like we'll do it but it's pretty out there you realize you're setting yourself up for people to find it yeah know, right yeah. Um, Fans, listeners, casual purveyors of this podcast, go and find this anime that I'm talking about where two people fuck with their pinkies tied around a red thread and it's like, oh, if this doesn't break while we're fucking each other, then, you know, we'll be together forever. And then three episodes later, they're not. Okay. What? Sounds like a wholesome no. time. <laughs> it's bad and awful. I mean, that's not, that's just weekends here. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But the other thing that I love (laughs) about this opening sequence is it really is an introduction to this show's visual language. It, it, It just solidifies for you. This is what you're seeing. This is what it means. And it, this show just oozes style. My note is sexy, bloody, magical girl style. Like it's just, everything is super stylized and sharp and, you know, lots of thick lines, and it's just so interesting, and the weirdest breast physics. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've watched, uh, oh, what is that? Uh, High School of the Dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that got the most strange, unnatural, like, th- that. that is not happening on a, our world, because no breast has ever acted in that manner in any way, ever. That, that's not how that works. The uh, the thing I also <laughs> love about this opening, um, the music's great, it's like super upbeat, but um, it really shows off the structure of the show, um, especially when you compare it to the second opening. Uh, the first opening shows you a lot of bad guys, like here is the long list of club captains in this anime's universe, but it really shows off that like 
here is our kind of fight of the wheat structure, and then with the second opening, it changes very much. We're not obviously going to talk much about it, but it has a very distinct difference mm -hmm. to here is our fight of the week section of this uh, of this anime, and then as the season progresses, they change it to other visuals. Mm -hmm. So then we're dropped into a history lesson about Hitler. Yeah, Hitler won World War II yeah. and was uh, anointed chancellor. Uh, we talk about President Hindenburg. Yeah. <laughs> So I accidentally Ooh. watched the first episode the first time we meant to sit down and record this, and then I was told that it was no, episode three. So between episode one and three, he has, like, every history lesson has been something about Hitler, because it's also about Hitler in episode one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's oddly topical, considering American politics right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I think my favorite thing in the scene is there's a kid sitting in the back and he's playing with toys, but it's like hidden by his book. So he has like his book up like a shield and he's just playing with toys while the dude is talking about Hitler. It's a Dungeon Master's uh, Yeah, screen. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, um, we don't get introduced to her, but our main character, Ryuko, is uh, staring very heavily at their teacher. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, Alan, looks like you have something to say. This is where I start getting uncomfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can't really say much because it's very much spoilers for the end of the show about who this guy actually is and what his deal is. But he skeeves me out. Uh, my notes are, teaches a skeevy perv who can't keep his promises. Aww. My sweet boy Ikiro, though. <laughs> um, actually, my note on him is, holy shit, someone call Chris Hansen. <laughs> Catch that predator. My note is, it's funny because when the series came out, it came out about the same time Pokemon X and Y came out. So every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's like evil AU Professor Sycamore who's kind of a pedo. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. Nobody else here is apparently a fan <laughs> of this guy. I, and this is a lot of stuff in turn by having watched the series. I fucking love Ikaro, and it's not just that he's a hot blue head guy who gets naked pretty much all the time. That is true. Like, it's definitely not just that. But that is a thing that happens. Okay. Uh <laughs> I love that he is the, basically, the mentor. You would see, like, an old, like, an older gentleman basically doing the same role that he does. Like, he is the exposition guy, and it's just so cool to me that they switch it up. To be this like super hot guy, and then there's stuff later with a thing that Travis has no idea about. So, <laughs> okay, good, yeah, that that helps me. But yeah, basically, <laughs> what, what we're kind of referring to is um, after class, Ryuko gets a note on the back of her friend in class, who at some point we'll talk about Marco. Oh, uh, Marco! -chan. Jesus, I hate her. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are on opposite sides of the fence today because <laughs> Mako-chan is, um, oh boy, I don't, oh, she's a precious angel who needs a juice box <laughs> and some Ritalin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, basically, Ikaro gives Ryuko a note that says, meet me after school in the same place where you passed out and were naked last episode. Uh, that happens more often <laughs> than you, well, maybe not more often than you would think, but that happens a lot. She just kind of wakes up naked. We'll get to why in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get there. <laughs> we're not there yet. We're building. So hey, ex this exposition is time. We learn about life fibers. Exposition. Which is the main point of this episode? I'm going to just say it as the an encapsulation here. Uh, there's a really cool thing that happens in this episode, but mostly this episode's here so that you can learn a little bit about the past and the world. Uh. That all the characters are interacting in. Yeah, everybody there? Yeah, we're on the same page. Cool. Yeah. So roll, Joe, or whoever was talking. I don't even remember now. No, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm just super curious as to because obviously I know that Aaron and Alan have like seen this before. I'm super curious what Travis thinks of living clothing. The i the idea of living clothing. I have I have gone too far on the anime path now, thanks to you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that the idea of living clothing. Doesn't bother me. Uh, it wasn't like a, whoa, weird. Now, the scenes where they're showing out where they're trying to design some of the living clothing, that's a little uh, little creepy here and there. 
that lab is <laughs> wicked. Like, it's a bad idea, but that lab rules. That's like a cool setup. <laughs> um, but we, we keep, let's call it what it is, Kamui. These, <laughs> like, these clothes that are made purely from life fiber are called Kamui. Now, am I the only one having flashbacks to X-1999? Kamui of the earth, Kamui of the air, the dragons that were mirrors of each other, and it was very clamp. Okay, apparently I am. No, I've heard Kami, I've heard Kami in other, like, media where it's like, you know, there's spirits in everything, and I think that, I think that ties into, like, Shintoism, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, it's just like, there's like, lo- little pieces of divinity in everything. I've heard Kami. It but, is Kamui. Uh, 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 yeah, th- there's a mm-hmm. U in there. Yeah. I guess maybe a portmanteau? Maybe it's just they maybe? stuck a U in there to be like, brah. But basically, creepy pervy teacher gives exposition and gets naked slowly while he's doing it. So good. Yeah. Every time the camera cuts, he has a, like, different piece of clothing mm-hmm. kind of just slouched off until eventually you see his nipples, and it's just, it's a choice. It is. I feel like um, Ryuko's reaction to this is really, like, justified. 1,000%. Like, as, eventually, uh, eventually she's just like, you realize I could cut your balls off with this scissor blade, and, like, I wouldn't think nothing of it. And he's like, ugh, you don't know how to take a joke. And I'm just like, you sound like a meninist on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, to me, the best, your best character, quote-unquote, got ruined with the following quote. He took the red pill. With the following quote. <laughs> the word of a man is only good the day it is made. After he said that mm-hmm. quote, I hated him. Like it was over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we learn that um the Kiryun are responsible for pretty much all the awful crap in Ryuko's life. Because they want these life mm-hmm. fibers and they want to control the Kamui. And we don't get much uh world building unless it regards to Ryuk Ryuko in this. Uh, but it's worth mentioning that, like, the Kyrian family is super prominent. Like, they, in this weird dystopian modern-day Tokyo, like, they own a lot of shit, and they're just a clothing. They basically own a lot of clothing factories, and they rule a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. They also want to rule the world. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a gimme. Doesn't everyone with rainbow oh, hair who molests their own daughter? Let's not talk about her mom. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sir, not appearing in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just, whoa. What? Don't worry about her. God damn it, Japan. But now we get to <laughs> Satsu- uh, Satsuki-ka- ah. Satsuki- I can't do it. Satsuki-sama! Do it near Satsuki-sama! Satsuki-sama! Well, actually, no, there's a scene before that. And they that. just start screaming her Sorry. name, but go ahead with the scene before that. Yeah, so, um, we talked a little bit about it, but there is, like, this whole testing with the sewing club within shit, what's the academy? What's the name of the school? I can never, I can never remember. remember. It's yeah. the school. It's it's too long, I think, is its problem. Mm, yeah, you, you're not gonna get me to remember that. Oh, we, uh, we totally, <laughs> for, I'm out. We totally f- forgot to talk about uh, Goku uniforms. Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> oh, uh, Hanoji Academy. Yeah, Hanoji Academy. We have this little scene of, like, because we just had the discussion of, here are the levels of Goku uniforms. First level has, like, 10% life fibers, and they ramp it up for more power. So the sewing club is working on adding more life fibers to uniforms. The clubs in this are very much almost like um they're kind of like gangs like yeah. they have a leader and they have like a military mm. force like the episode before there's like the tennis club <laughs> yeah i think episode one is a uh, boxing club and episode two is tennis club that is dumb as hell well and they're wearing these goku uniforms that you know one star is 10 percent life fiber two star is 20 percent and three star which is what the captains wear is th- made of 30 percent life fiber and they are incredibly powerful you do not go up against one of the uh, leaders of these clubs or you die pretty much so they're experimenting with adding extra life fibers into uniform to see what happens and uh inamuta who is one of the elite four mm-hmm. don't know where they got that idea mm. from and actually we've talked about ikaro but my favorite character is in the elite four so just mm. saying 
So this creature basically bursts out from this man putting on a uniform of 40%? 50%. It was five star. Is it 50? Yeah. So he bursts out and there's like this scene of them trying to put him down with like these tranquilizer, uh, like needle guns. And Inamuta just pokes him in one specific area and he gets knocked out. We get a little bit of his power, but like it's not explained. It's like he looked at a computer and then knew exactly where to hit this guy. I love the laboratory that the sewing club is working in. So a little bit of crash history. Um, So I worked in a craft store for like four years and I got like really acquainted with sewing. I'm not like super skilled at sewing myself, but like I know I picked up a lot of like sewing knowledge to help like people find what they were looking for. And I also like have a, a really long science background too so it's like this scene is like the fusion of a lot of my hobbies put together because it's like (laughs) it's 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 equal parts like sewing machines and like test equipment and like test tubes and like random like yeah it's just it's so good it's It's dr frankenstein's laboratory if frankenstein was a seamster Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful okay like Versace and Frankenstein had a baby, and that baby had a laboratory, and he and did he made things. clothes that turned people into giant Hulk monsters until they get poked, and then they're naked and covered in lots of fabric. Well, I said Versace <laughs> yeah. and Frankenstein. <laughs> We've got that covered. Oh, hey, it's almost like there's a lot of nudity in this show. The, well, it, to be yeah. fair, it is all um, implied nudity. You never. It's almost see like it's like really anything. intentional and like a plot point. Yeah, but you never. They never actually show anything. Mm, I'm I'm thinking about this final episode. Oh, I I haven't seen the final episode in a hot minute, so I don't remember it very well. I remember it very clearly. I'll check that out. <laughs> Nipples don't exist in this show. Ooh, that that is raises creepy. a lot Unless you of have questions. like pink fluorescent LEDs. <laughs> They're the nipple rings of the future. there's another good title (laughs) i want nipple rings of the future (laughs) so now now we do get to satsuki sama satsuki sama satsuki sama they're all just screaming this girl's name satsuki is such a good bad guy i know i really like her really fucking good i love to hate her for the first half of the series and then like when you don't quite hate her so much towards the end you're just like this is a good arc oh I like man a lot i i totally have like two words as a description evil bitch mm-hmm. that's accurate for the first half of the show i would almost even add on she's head bitch in and charge. she's unapologetic <laughs> which i love she's just like i'm in control you do what i say Go screw yourself. Um, my favorite in this episode is when she's standing there and they're like, oh, Satsuki-sama, you, don't put that on. Clothing is meant to be worn. <laughs> cool, Satsuki-sama, you do what you want to do. I had that line written down because later on in the show, it works so much against like theming mm-hmm. and like plans. Uh, it's amazing. But my favorite line of like Satsuki being like, superior to people is um when she puts the camo on which we get in this scene um and we have like the curian house steward being like oh my god how how did you do that thing it's so crazy for you to do it and she says um ask not the sparrow how the eagle soars. yes i have that written down too <laughs> i have i have that written down such too. a good line <laughs> and she's doing this while like screaming and this cl- this piece of clothing is eating her and all throughout it she's screaming you know these these grand statements you know ask not the sparrow and it's just how can you not love her and hate her at the same time i think one of the things that really works about kill a kill is both um satsuki sama and ryuko a lot of their characterizations is qualities you find a lot more common in male leads. Very true. Like Satsuki gets to be very arrogant and brash and she gets to, you know, her hubris gets her into trouble and she has to learn from that. And that's things you get a lot of times with male shonen yes. leads. And like same with like Satsuki. Satsuki's very like cold and calculating and very much in charge and she knows exactly what she wants to do. And that's something you tend to see more in male villains. That is very, very true. And I really like that contrast. It's- it's something I, I love so much about the show. Um, there are a lot of parts of this that I question, like, why I feel like this. But um, there's a lot of stuff of, like, we'll talk about, like, magical girl transformations and the amount of sheer nakedness in this 
picture, but um, this is a shonen show. It is shonen. One hundred percent. This is distilled down to a shonen show with female characters. Yeah, I can yeah, see with that. No guys involved, really. Well, or having guys in traditionally feminine roles, because like the creepy teacher mm-hmm. is a man, when traditionally that role would be a woman. So it's a lot of flipping of gender, which is nice. Yeah. Like, even if it's not, like, you know, the most pure and, like, non-problematic show in the world, like, it it gets a, it does get some things mm-hmm. very right. I also just really love, because this is where we start seeing it really pronounced, how blood is animated in this show. Just, it is pure <laughs> red and vibrant and, like, just streaks of blood. This show is stylish. It is, it just has this visual punch to it that I love. Oh yeah, like when she's putting the thing on and she like almost slips on her own blood and it creates this like great smear mm-hmm. on on the floor. It's yeah, so there's just like good. a shot of just like marble flooring and there's like it was like one pool of blood that she just smears across the shot. It's like left to right and it's very striking. Mm-hmm. And then we take a hard left turn into Mako's family. Fuck. <sighs> okay. People can tell me that Mako's super enjoyable. I found her abhorrible until like the second half of the series so like her family sucks but i kind i i like what mako does for this show but her family's the worst i just have men men are the worst times three Mm -hmm. for this part mako's mom is great though mako's mom is fantastic yeah she's like here have these croquettes god knows what's in them but here have some fried whatever what did you think of the (laughs) the 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 mako family travis Huh? I, that's all the that, that's all the words I'm good. It's not even words. It's just a set. Just, uh, no. and, and to put some context into like the uh, for our audience that may not have seen this, uh, Mako's family spies on Ryuko in the bath. Yeah, like that is not quality family time. No, <laughs> that is not quality family time. Peeping Tom time is not family time. That's weird. Stop it. Yeah, the the dad, the brother, and their male dog who has like very prominent like testicles drawn in and animated um fine they make an excuse to go to bed early and you know they the anybody who like is outside of the school like lives in squalor so mako's family has like essentially like one bedroom one like common area and like a bath kind of a deal so the the guys um make an excuse to go to bed early but they just wanted to go into the bedroom so they could like you know, open the sliding door a little bit and, like, watch Ryuko bathe is what actually happens, but it's just, it's gross and it's played for laughs, and I'm just like, that's not laughs. Yeah, it's, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a there's another bit when um, Ryuko is talking to Mako's mother that, in the context of the show, I find, like, <laughs> really, really funny. It's just, like, they're talking about what happens when she transforms. Mm-hmm. Are you one of those people who, like, gets off on showing off your body? And obviously Ryuko has, like, a superhuman response to it. And it's just so funny. It's really interesting, the discussion of exhibitionism that comes out of this show and specifically this episode. And the desexualization of it, as weird as that sounds, talking about Kill la Kill, ultimately, you know, she's talking to um, the mom and she's like, oh, God, no, I'm not a pervert. I'm not, you know, I don't I don't do that. That's not OK. But ultimately, that's what wins the day when we get to it a little bit later. Yeah, it kind of goes back to like Japanese sensibilities of like, no, you don't understand. I'm not a sexual deviant. I just like tentacle porn, you know, like stuff like that. Like, like, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not like the other gross people, you know, I'm, you know, I'm still like, I'm not a deviant, even though like you are, honey, don't, don't lie to yourself. Right. <laughs> and, and this will come up when we get to the fight scene and which is screaming up Marco scene, which, which just, oh boy, fuck me. We're almost there, so we we do, after that, we break to a fight, don't we? No, um, Ryoko's pajamas are fucking adorable. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she borrows clothes from Mako, and they're, they're real, real good. And we're assuming that this scene is taking place as Satsuki is putting on uh, Junketsu, because Senketsu gets goosebumps. Uh, Senketsu, which is her uniform... 
And doesn't he ask her to, like, feel him? And Senketsu is identified as a he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Senketsu doesn't ask her to. It's Marco who's just like, feel this. It's, like, weird. But yes, the next morning, Ryuko is tired. And then we have a battle sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares she's tired. Time to battle. This is the, the big a- action bit that also we're going to get some more exposition here in media res mm-hmm. with the battle. But that's that's actually pretty stock standard for a lot of animes anyways. You've got the the running internal monologue, or well, in this case it's dialogue uh, uh, between a suit and uh, suit wearer, or Kamui and Kamui wearer. So, uh, who wants to kick it off? Doesn't it just start with, uh, Satsuki, or, um, Ryuko just kind of, like, getting into, like, the school grounds and just kind of screaming, like, Hey, Satsuki, <laughs> you fight me, you bitch! <laughs> and then they fight. And we get the transformation sequences. Um. Before that, before that, though, we get one of my favorite Satsuki things, which is her just walking in normal places, and then just, like, the reverberating heel Yes! <laughs> yeah, like, her last step always, like, yeah. clicks extra, and it's just, like, this really dramatic shot of, like, her foot, and it's just like, bam, click. <laughs> but yeah, then we can talk about every magical girl fan's uh, favorite thing, transformation sequences. With vampire With vampire with vampire clothes. clothes wobbly titties. Super wobbly boobies. And really awkward camel And the camel toe, toe of doom. Camel toe of doom. Guys. The thing is, <laughs> I remember when I first watched this, and they did the transformation sequence for the first time, and she ripped the thing and the blood, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then it kind of exploded around her and did the grid, and I was like, oh, that's a- Oh my god, she's naked. Oh. 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 <laughs> and the- and the boobs are like bouncing in opposite and like, directions. They're all over the place doing their own thing, and it's just like <laughs> chill, like calm, calm, calm to boobies. Like I think one of the things that I like rewatching this and having the context of the rest of the series is the fact that anybody doing the transformation sequence goes through this. So there's kind of like some yeah. sort of equality of like everybody gets stark naked everybody has like the weird grid overlay and the blood and just like it's 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 nice and uniform across the cast anybody else who has a similar transformation with either their kamui or like their goku uniforms and also the amazing star effects i love like the stars and the the like beautiful gradients of light as they just kind of stand there it's just Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Sagiyama has my favorite transformation sequence. And it is very much like all the all the same elements of like star and grid, but it's just like the way that it's so similar to the others, but like this is a dude, like mm-hmm. how does he have a magical girl transformation? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just the best. Travis, what did you think <laughs> of the magical girl transformation? These these girls are still I, I don't know, it's still uncomfortably young. In my book, I mean, perving on a kid or a high schooler, I mean, they're both bad. I will give you gradations on the level of badness, but it's still bad to me. At this point, I've watched enough anime and know enough about it that I understand that this is a thing, but goddamn do I hate that. Like, I know they're playing to the trope because this is magical girls bullshit, but yeah, uh, just not a fan. Just not a fan of the magical girl stuff for the... For the most part. To be fair to Japan, though, um, nudity in Japan has a very different connotation than it does in the States, at least non-sexual nudity. For example, Sailor Moon, in episode 200, she's basically naked. Like, she has a pair of angel wings and a sword, and that's it, and she's going to beat the great evil, because nakedness is purity um, in a non-sexual way. So... yeah. I think a lot of it is cultural, but your points are very valid. Yeah, no matter how hard I try, I'm still going to be raised in the culture I have been kind of deal. <laughs> like, I can, I can, I can appreciate another culture's take on things, and I can go, oh, okay. It's never going to make me feel less icky, because that's just that's an internalized fair. thing. Absolutely. It's like Western, like, censorship will put huge, like, mm-hmm. bars and blurs over uh, right. nudity, but, like, violence is totally fine. Oh, like, yeah, you can, you, super you can kill all the motherfuckers here, but don't you show some boobs. It's bad. Boobs are bad. So then we get into a 
big old fight, and here I get to talk about Trigger's animation. <laughs> okay, go, man, go. Do not get me so wrong. So good. There are some incredible parts in here. There are also some incredibly fucking lazy CGI of oh yeah here, here is Satsuki mm-hmm. standing entirely still while waving a sword around here is CGI Satsuki walking up a wall it's uh, it's so fucking awful and the thing that really pisses me off is that I know Trigger can do so much it may just be budget because even in this show there is incredible animation and they play a lot of the basic animation for really good goofs like there's a particular scene i'm thinking of where someone gets their arms chopped off in the most comedic way possible and the animation is so simple but i also know that they have full budgets put into things like inferno cop and ninja slayer the animation where the animation is a fucking joke and this is a studio that can create so much beauty like little witch academia and Kiz Naiva, and even Lulico. And I'm so pissed off that the 2D animation has gotten such a huge, like, resurgence so that they can put out shit shows without working on other stuff. In this, it's probably a budget-saving thing. Like, I can totally accept that the first half of this fight is exclusively budget-saving, so that we can get the last half of this fight and other fights going forward. It just pisses me off that Trigger seems to stick with a lot of things that happen here to save money. And that'll be my rant on Trigger. (laughs) And for those that don't know, this is Trigger's first anime. Like, this is the studio's first full, like, production Mm. that they did. Yeah, since, like, disbanding a Skynax. I have, um, written down for this first part, there's some really good action sequences just marred by ass shots. Because you'll have, like, the two girls clashing with their respective weapons, and then you'll have, like, Satsuki, like, you know, recoiling and falling away from the the clash. And it's just, like, it's like a ground shot, and you just kind of, like, see her, like, sliding along the ground, and she's just, like, hunched down, and she just, her ass just gets closer and closer until it's, like, in your face in the camera. And I'm just like, I don't need this. I don't need this. You could have done a yeah. different shot, and I, I think didn't it would have been better to do a wide-out kind of, uh shot of her sliding along it, it would have it would have added to the fight scene rather than the fan servicey bullshit su- shot there's so much that's weird about kill la kill because the underlying theme of the entire show is female empowerment because it is a shonen show but with female main protagonists and there's so much that is like supposed to be empowering women my telling you this is all taken from interviews with directors who are all male i would have loved it if we <laughs> you know if we could have pulled someone from the community to talk about how this show makes them feel but all i have is the male directors telling you that this is a magical girl shown in anime to show you that women can be just as powerful as men when really all we get are weird boob physics and specifically directed shots. Yeah, the, the, that's that's the thing is it's like it's not like it's like live action where it's like you know for technical reasons you need the camera in certain places so you could like you know get another shot later this is animation this is a you know some some storyboard was like no i want this ground shot so we can have satsuki back it up into it like this is very, very deliberate choices that, mm. you know, I'm imagining a predominantly male ca- or a, a male crew, like, chose to do. And I think that's, like, one of the frustrations of the show is you can – it, like, comes through this, like, hey, this is for you guys, right? This is for you girls. We're so woke because we're making this show about, you know, female empowerment, but it's at the same time just kind of, like, just kind of cringe- cringy and eye-rolly. At, at certain points, I, I like this show like as a as a whole. And and during this entire fight sequence, we're also getting a lot of exposition um, from um, Sinketsu being like, you know, you're not using me. Um, if you don't, you know, if you don't do like, you're going to pass out in a few oh, minutes. Right. I'm drinking too much blood. Like you're like this is a problem. You're going to you're going to fail. You're going to die here if you don't do something else. Yeah. And and we get to we get to that point where um 
uh, we touched on it earlier, but stuff like the blood animation in this show is so incredible. Like just the way it splatters on like craters built out of this schoolyard, like particularly in this bit. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, the like the quick transformation scene of like Ryuko going from full Senketsu stripperella mode to regular sailor uniform. And then fucking Marco. <laughs> Wait, but before we get to Marco, we get another one of my favorite lines in this show. Um, Satsuki Sama looks at her and goes, modesty is weakness. And this, this feeds into, again, like a big theme in this show about clothing and nakedness and definitions of what is yeah. appropriate and like it's it's really it's a lot deeper mm-hmm, yeah than it wants you to think it is i was just gonna say i feel like that modesty line you know i feel like they just kind of like we're like we need to put something in so we can avoid being criticized too harshly and like we look like way smarter than we really are so like we'll put this in we'll feel really good about our like our titty physics project and then we can just keep going with the story you are just like a mine of episode titled titty (laughs) physics engine (laughs) which no that's not an episode title that is the name of my next band okay that's (laughs) we are going to be the titty i I demand a cut of your your proceeds there you go uh but yeah uh, then Mako-chan shows up for her 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 attempt at a pep talk. <laughs> Is that the Hallelujah chorus playing yes. in the background? Am I remembering that accurately? Yes, it is. Like, yeah, it's Hallelujah chorus and Mako speaking at a thousand miles per hour. Just like it's okay. Your tits are bigger than her tits, and it's gonna be okay. Mako's whole thing is. Get naked, release modesty, and then you'll get Senketsu. But she puts it in the way that is like, my family thinks you have the best tits ever. It, it's it's funny, like in the middle of like all of the like garbage she's saying, she's actually like she's actually telling her like exactly what she needs to hear to succeed in this fight. It's just like buried in like that callback to like the weird male gaze stuff from earlier in the episode. It was bad. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, I think, I think the essence of what we're feeling right now can be summed up uh, by Satsuki Sama. What nonsense is this? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Satsuki. Thank you for saying what everyone is thinking. Thank, thank you for being the voice of the viewer. <laughs> but no, I I hate Marco until she gets her JoJo's outfit. <laughs> that's that's. I think that's my favorite. Like not like super serious story episode. Like I like the episodes that like deal with the overarching or overarching like story. But I think as far as like one shot goofiness, like I think that's the best episode. Is when she gets her Goku uniform. Spoilers. Uh, but so then Ryuko is like, this is not nonsense. Quote, I have to be naked so you can be my skin. And then she levels up. And then she goes through her, which is interesting from the start of the fight. We don't see a transformation sequence for Ryuko. When she hears all this bullshit about be naked, your tits are bigger than Satsuki's. Then we get a transformation sequence for Ryuko. And the fight that follows... Very different to the fight before that, because there are no awful animation gaffes. Like, everything is full on. Yeah, this was fucking cool. I think this is what I remember in my memory. Like, I I block out a lot of the first part of the fight, and I remember this, where them looking at each other causes craters to, like, explode and erupt in the ground. Just the power of their gaze literally can just punch holes in walls hashtag power of their gaze <laughs> but then you know we get a little bit more uh exposition about how senketsu says that she was embarrassed so they couldn't be fully connected so he had to draw her blood consistently and now that she's not embarrassed and has embraced him they can operate at full power by the, by the way i haven't watched any of this other than this episode but it feels like the idea of it being a wedding dress is more a euphemism than it is you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, than it is intending you to to be married in this dress. You are marrying the dress. 
Oh, it's almost like there's a weird scene where uh, Ryoko gets married to uh, the Senketsu uniform. Oh, if only that was in an episode. <laughs> so then she goes into decapitation mode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so this whole time we've not talked about it, but Ryoko's weapon is half, half of, a scissor. of a scissor. Which cracks me up because if you've ever met a sewer or a quilter... And if you were to be like, yeah, I'm going to slice people with this, they'd be like, don't touch my fucking scissors. You're going to dull them. And I'm not going to be able to cut fabric. I hate you. Get away from my scissors. And so, like, every time I watch this series, I'm like, man, I bet this pisses off some, some, like, quilter somewhere. It's just like, no, do not use scissors (laughs) like that. Getting letters from the angry, (laughs) the angry fabric people. So, so the deal with the scissors is her dad was killed by the other half and she's looking for her dad's killer who will also have the other half of the scissor, she carries the red half of the scissor, which she uses as a sword, which is kind of very iconic for the series. And especially with all like the sewing imagery and life threads, it fits right in. And I mean, especially when she activates decapitation mode and, you know, this is the spiral moon heartache. This is the pink sugar heart attack. This is sparkling wide pressure. This is the magical girl attack. But it's called decapitation mode. And it's literally her scissor doubles in length and she goes to slice off your head. Yeah, it's it's like a huge scythe at this point. Also, while we're talking about Magic or Girl uh, attacks, I would be loath to not mention Star Gentle Uterus. Um, <laughs> I just always have to talk about Star Gentle Uterus whenever I mention Magical what Girl the? attacks because it is the pinnacle. No, what? no, no, I'm just done. I'm just done. I have I have a I have a character in Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen named Gentle Star. Sailor Star Healer in no, the I don't need um, an last explanation. season of Sailor Moon called Sailor Stars. Um that is that is their attack. And it's funny, like, trying to look up anything about Gentle Star Uterus because it's like Naoko Takaguchi was just like, it sounds cool. What you gonna do about it? Yeah, it sounds cool. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, that's what half of those, like, uh, Jupiter's coconut cyclone, there's nothing to do with coconuts, it just sounds cool, and Jupiter's vaguely related to trees. <laughs> Sparkling light, wide pressures, like, all of their attacks are pretty much that. I, I know none of the things you were talking about. <laughs> I got nothing here. It's an anime thing, Travis, you wouldn't understand. Literally, that's the premise of our show. Well, I guess it's more of a manga thing. So for the first time, getting back to Kill a Kill, decapitation mode doesn't work. Dun dun dun! Yeah, because Satsuki's a fucking badass. Well, and it's interesting, like, every time Satsuki parries, you know, the decapitation mode, like, swings, you see, like, just swaths of energy leave Satsuki, and, like, there's, like, generic... Uh, like students in the, the stands watching them fight <laughs> and you just see them like fly and just like go like wait, like just leave. It's so good. There's a few other examples of this in anime, like, um, in Durarara, anyone who's not important is just grayscaled. In Kill the Kill, they just draw the same like male student and female student, just them to get blown away by different attacks. And I I love that as a choice. Well, it works. I do too. It works in a really fun contrast because like everybody in the school that isn't like super important is just these, you know, generic students. And then like when you leave the school and like any shots like outside the school, there's a lot of like diversity in the character design. And like as loathsome as Mako's family is, you know, they're, they have like goofy cartoon proportions and they get to be like characters, even if they're terrible people, terrible characters, you know, and like other people that live kind of in their slum get to be like, you know, visually and like in their personality, like characters and like ev- everybody in the school is just very like literally uniform and it's kind of a, a fun, fun contrast. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're, we're, we're bringing it on home then. Uh, we're getting towards the end here. So let's wrap it up. So my next note is an implosion of power. <laughs> yeah, so Satsuki and uh, Ryoko kind of continue on fighting, just like blowing up this entire school, which the next day looks totally fine. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. It got better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unstable molecules. Eh. Uh, they basically fight to a stalemate where um, Satsuki kind of has this begrudging respect of Ryuko. And uh, 
all this time there they've been talking about Ryuko's goal, which is to get revenge on the person that killed her dad. And if Ryuko can uh, beat all of the captains of the different school clubs, Satsuki will tell her who killed her dad. My final note is, fight all these children, then fight me. Is this Pokemon? <laughs> and it's, it, yeah, it's really just like Ryuko just saying, sure, I'll, I'll indulge your uh, Monster of the Week anime until I uh, get to beat you. <laughs> until I get to kick your ass. It's surprisingly diplomatic of her like really it is <laughs> just be like oh yeah i'm i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kick your ass like if one of my underlings can do it then good for them but like if they don't then i guess i'll i'll deal with you later and this is the same girl to give context for travis in episode one she's like humans are pigs uh contradiction is truth like all of this stuff and she's just like i rule everything suck it nerds um, her opening speech from episode one is one of my favorite things in the entire series. It's just so good. So, so she's like a more bitchy Veruca Salt. Yeah, everyone's considering it. I, I guess they have like money and like spoiled with money in common too, yeah. because Satsuki's parents like they're on the school board slash like are on the, the board of trustees and like mm-hmm. financially own this. Yeah, Satsuki basically owns the school, even though she's a student. Nice. <laughs> just because of her family. All right. And so we've, we've been set forth on our Monster of the Week challenge and scene, basically, right? That- we hit the opening, which I, I do love because it provides such a contrast from the weird out there world that um, Kill la Kill presents of... If Hitler won World War II, this is how Japanese schools would be. And we just get to see Ryuko as a quote-unquote normal high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> the closing the closing credits are very interesting to me because they are it is so stylistically dissimilar to the show that it's almost jarring. Like the animation, obviously, and like the character design and all that's the same, but the way it's presented is really dissonant with the rest of the show and it makes it impactful it makes it interesting and different and i never skipped the ending sequence um for there there are very few shows that i i don't skip um you know the op and the the ending um one of them is kill a kill one of them is um is uh, k-on uh if i skip that ending sequence i am dead i am dead <laughs> That is one of the best ending sequences. And of course, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Because a lot of OPs and a lot of endings- Yuri on ice. Oh my god, Yuri. <laughs> Let's just take a moment for History Maker. <laughs> and Death Parade. Amen. Death Parade is another really good example of an opening and an ending that yeah. really tie. But Death, or, but Kill a Kill goes the opposite route. The opening ties in with everything, but the ending theme is so different that it's just as interesting. So the thing about Death Parade is the opening and the closing match the show in such a very different but specific way. Um, the opening sequence, the song is not necessarily related, but all of the imagery is just calling out for everything. And the, or the, e- the ending is the exact opposite. The, the, the visuals they tell you a lot if you know what you're looking for, but the first watch through, you're like, what is this? But the song is just heartbreakingly perfect. We absolutely need to revisit uh, Death Parade one day. That should be like, that should be the happy thing that you do after we get done with Future Diaries is go, th- well, happy in quotation marks, um, is go through Future Diaries <laughs> and cry, not because you're angry, but because it's broken your heart. Well, look, we we <laughs> have established that we want to do full series reviews, and apparently Future Diaries is going to be the first one. Oh! What a way to kick it off. Uh, yeah. Alan, you did this to yourself. You did. So that's you... that's the show. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> there's like a next time on Kill a Kill where it's Crystal Maze, but they have to get to school. Um, I'm not sure if Americans know what Crystal Maze is. N- nope, I don't. Uh, Richard O'Brien, who is um, Riff Raff in Rocky Horror Picture Show, told people to go and solve puzzles. Okay. Otherwise, they're trapped forever. Uh, and that's the preface for the next episode of Kill a Kill. Oh, okay. Hey, we did it. <laughs> we did it. We did, we did it. it. 
Oh, we only had to stop recording like three times. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this will yeah. be the first and last time we have this many guests no, on the show at one time. It will you, not. You. No? Unless you pick <laughs> unless you pick wrong in the uh what's up next. Oh, oh. So, oh d- okay, I'm in, I'm I'm intrigued now. So I wanna get final thoughts from Travis. Like, what did you think about the show? Um and our discussion of it. Okay, magical. Uh, the The discussion of it was actually more interesting than the watching of the show. This was largely exposition telling how the world works. Um, I feel like if I were to appreciate this, I'd need more of it to do that. This slim little cut, I've got fan service shots. Literally my least favorite thing. Magical bull, uh, girl bullshit, which is probably... It's ahead of a fan service, but not real high up there. Uh, the the action, the second half of the action uh, fight sequence was cool. Uh, so that shown any bullshit? Yeah, I can get behind that. I I can watch two two girls like go full tilt at each other. That was fun, and it was animated all right. But it definitely stuck out to me because I have to watch enough of this stuff and actually critique it now. That I see lazy animation. It jumps right out at me. And that, that ruined the first half of the battle scene. Uh, it's an interesting concept. I don't know where they're going with it fully. I'm sure there's a lot of interesting directions they could take it. I don't know if they did take it that way. I'm just hoping for less fanservice-y bullshit. Well, they took, they took this story in an interesting direction. <laughs> the fanservice. Both sides, like male and female, did not end. <laughs> I kind of figured. I kind of figured. But hey, you get naked dudes later. But you know what? I get just saying. I you know what? I get <laughs> I, I gave gave a thumbs up to to uh you know uh what was it? High School of the Undead. Uh, what's it called? High School of the Dead. Uh, because it was a fun zombie serv- uh, story, and I just ignored the fan service part because otherwise it would have been awful. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, you've shown me clips from later episodes on that. I'm like, holy hell, that that's just that's Tits ridiculous. Do not move faster than bullets. No, they don't. <laughs> that is, um, well, I know of an anime that would beg to differ with that. Um, again, we're talking about tits, though, not anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, what is that anime called? Oh, the anime where they show lots of tits. That'll be easy to Google. Fucking s- oh, Senren Kaguya. Uh, Grenadier, uh, Grenadier, the Senshi of Smiles. She keeps, um, she keeps revolver clips oh, in her boobs. Oh, I've seen that! And so she'll that. shoot, and then she'll pop her boobs, and then the bullets come out, and she'll catch them the in her gun. The reloading scenes, I've seen The only those. reason, to be fair, the only reason I know about this is because, anim- a- or because AMV Hell. That's the only reason I know this show exists. Yep, same. Just saying. <laughs> Can can we go ahead and just not watch that? Can can I just put that out there right now? That sounds to me like you want to watch it. If you say that you don't want to watch it, like the fans will say, watch this thing. You know, all all forty of the people who listen to this show. <laughs> Stu- stupid fans! How dare! <laughs> I don't know how we do it, but like we should cover AMV Hell. Oh my god, <laughs> yes! AMV Hell is mm-hmm. like the best. I I super duper love it. I don't know what that is. It is a collection of AMVs that are usually about 30 seconds long, um, that are, that range, but most of them are just funny, um, and okay. like just laugh out loud goofs. And then others like are set to music that's just really interesting and dynamic and it makes good use of the animation. Mm, I'll okay. link you to my favorite one. Um, or like, so I'll, I'll probably link you a YouTube video of like AMV Hell's greatest hits to give you an idea of what it is. The opening okay. to five is still my favorite thing ever, mostly because JoJo's and also Tenacious D. So, yep, <laughs> can't quite go wrong. So that's it for Kill a Kill. <laughs> kill a Kill Woo! is killed. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll revisit it later. That 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 said, is is it time to play the the final round of, of this? Uh... Birthday month that's way longer no, than no. a month. No, no, it's exactly the same length as a month. It just so happens that we're releasing all these episodes in September because fucking I decided to be me. So yeah, Travis, his, hit us with that thing. It's okay. Next time on WTF Anime. So this is our last ever 
the last ever time I give Travis a choice because so far we've watched some okay anime, but we've lost our best friend to the madness of Future Diary. <laughs> 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 or did we just gain another uh, co-host on another project? Mm. See, it, it's all how you sell it, man. It's all. I'm how not you sure sell I want to sacrifice my good friend's sanity just for like goofs and episode counts. But if we can, that'd be grand. It's okay, he'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is he choosing between this time, Joe? He is choosing between option number one: a man quits his job. To write Wonderwall and other shitty music. Okay. And number two, a guitar progeny finds her fondness for cake. Oh, I'm going with the cake. Yay! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, next week on WTF Anime, we will be watching episode six of K-On! with special guests Alan and Jake Mason. Aww. Oh, this is my best this is my best birthday gift. Hooray! <laughs> Kaon is so good, you guys. It's so good. Oh man, now I have to watch it. <laughs> now, now, now it's so good. Now when you say cake, are you are you talking about the food substance or the band? Food. Okay. Oh, yeah, Kaon right. is supposed to be about musicians playing music, but it's mostly just about like high school girls eating cake and drinking tea. Okay. And being friends. You have to have downtime between performances it's so good. and practice. Yeah. And the music gotta... is actually super good. Oh, yes. Oh, Mio is my everything. <laughs> I guess with that said, we, we ought to do the rounds and the business. Hey, Alan. Mm-hmm. If they want to talk to you or listen to you uh, do other things than rant about future diaries and or uh, uh, kill a kill... Where can they find you? Sure. Um, I am on Twitter at Alan underscore cells. I am a host slash co-host slash other things on different podcasts. I am the game master of Pokemon World Tour United, uh, which is an actual play Pokemon RPG. I am a cast member and frequent game master of the Cool Kids Table, where we play a bunch of different RPGs. Um, I do Hard Reboot, which is where we take public domain properties and reboot them. My newest project is called Forging Worlds, um, where I sit down with my friend Matt, and we create a world from scratch. Um, and it's a lot of fun, and you should check it out. Hooray! I just listened to the first Forging Worlds. Well, the second, technically, but like the first proper episode. Right. And it's super good. Everyone should listen to it. Oh, thank I you. I am a person who loves role-playing and building worlds. It, it's in my queue. <laughs> it hasn't come up yet. It's downloaded, though. You're the worst friend. See, Alan, this is why I'm the best friend to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, where can people find you on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter at CrashingWaves14. Like, <sighs> what's going to be happening to poor Florida coming this coming weekend? Mm. That ended up being really topical. Um, I don't really have any projects coming up. It's just a lot of me talking about whatever's on my mind slash letting people know I haven't been swept out to sea. <laughs> <laughs> I am going good. to be following you and checking up on you pretty consistently. I am hashtag mom friend, so <laughs> yeah. be aware. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep, uh, let you guys know, but, uh, you know... It happens. It's yeah. Florida. Yeah. I know what I got yeah. myself into. <laughs> so potentially coming in a few weeks, the uh, the Aaron parentheses crash uh, memorial fund of people being swept away, a uh, charity drive. <laughs> <laughs> what we can do is is start like um, a GoFundMe and have like different tears of making us watch horrible things, and all of the money goes to to crash for uh, like unflooding his house or their house yeah <laughs> i'm calling five grand to watch bible black the whole series okay i'm not doing nope. that you, you signed up you two alan, have fun alan, with that alan, i am you not you no, no 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 contract no it nope i am it's not five grand no it's five grand worth of money for him to unflood his house that's very doing fair. a noble thing that's very fair Maybe. So, we'll give us $5,000 and we'll get Alan to watch Bible Black. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has been WTF Anime. 
Ellen, Ellen, if it makes you feel any better, we're up on a hill and we have a townhouse and I can move everything valuable up to the second floor and I think we'll be fine. And also we have like a really good renter's insurance policy. So good. Okay. That does make me feel good. I don't think we need a, a memorial fire. Thank God. Cause I didn't want to do that to help you out. I'm sorry. I didn't, <laughs> but also I'll give you five bucks. You guys five bucks each to watch a uh, princess. Jack I mean, with me. it's already done. Like I'd probably do that for free, but like, whatever. Come on. Hand over the five dollars, <laughs> like I've watched this before. Okay, <laughs> like, I fucking love okay, that. I'll, I'll send it in PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> also, I really just want to have a book club about it because I've been really <laughs> wanting to talk about the manga with people. Joe, coming soon, WTF Anime Book Club, where we watch, we read uh, Future Diary, how the director fucked it up. But oh, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to follow the show on Twitter, we are at WTF Anime Show. And if you want to email us, we are on WTF Anime Show at gmail.com. Use both those things to hit us up with recommendations for future shows. Uh, with this coming out, we'll be looking at recording our kind of separate from the episode count. Uh, we're going to be doing some Halloween episodes because it's near enough Ooh. October. I have a few in mind, but if you guys have awful slash incredible uh, horror anime for us to watch, go ahead and send those in. Oh, please. G give me horror anime. I I'm in. I love horror movies. Yep. And also, if you want to be a guest, like mes message us on both of those things. It's a super fun thing to guest, guys. It's really mm. fun. <laughs> Stop. After next week, we're never having a four-person <laughs> show because, like, you know, Joe is going to have to edit this when he's not drunk and, like, super high on the idea of that I'm chatting with three of my friends. But yeah, if you want to come on and be a guest, uh, use either of those avenues. And if you would like, you can follow me at the Joe Hatfield. And Travis, where can people find you? Alright, if you want to hit me up on the Twitters, I can be found at Dicelobber. D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And that's it for me. Says that's it for him. I know we've had some problems with iTunes, hopefully that's fixed by now, but you can leave us a rating or review, because that's the thing that we need for people to hear this show, if you think this show is worth other people listening to. And use the hashtag WTFAnimeShow if you're listening and want to live tweet us because thanks to Porsche that's now a thing and I'm yep, super and happy cool. with it. <laughs> it. It's very good. I, I, I look it up like once a week to see if anybody uh, has live tweeted an episode and it makes me super happy every time someone has. And with that said, I would like to thank uh, Alan and Aaron. Despite this being the third time we've tried to get this whole thing together, uh, thanks for coming on. I had a blast. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been super fun. <laughs> Always fun to talk to you guys, for sure. So, uh, bye? Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. And remember, listeners, ask not the sparrow how the eagle soars. <laughs> Get naked. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Tenshi Densetsu Wedingu Peachy. I hate myself. Oh god damn, that's the best day of my life right now. I hate it's myself. happening. Hate myself.